Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Capriletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And today we're here to talk about the 2017 film, Psycho Wedding Crasher. Shall we? Yes. Jenna, played by... Heather Morris. Is a dressmaker. And she works for her emotionally abusive aunt, Aunt Daisy. Played by Joan Van Ark. And in the beginning of the movie, she goes to Glenn and Marcy's wedding. Glenn is played by... Jason Cermak. And Marcy is played by... Fiona Vroom. (laughs) And at the wedding, it's unclear if Jenna was invited. She's sitting at a table all the way in the back. Yes. And she doesn't speak to anyone. Just a quick side note, so you can envision the world... This reception takes place in a room so corporate that there should be PowerPoint slides, not toasts. Yeah, the divider door that frames the dance floor. Also, Marcy says, maybe the second line of the movie is Marcy saying something about how her dress is so tight and her mom won't be pleased if a boob pops out. Yes, Great opening line. And you would think based on that, the dress would actually be tight, but we are working with the classic low budge of a made-for-TV movie. So the dress is completely gaping in the bodice. I was actually thinking that it would be fun for them to play a game in which the groom tries to like shoot things into the top (laughs) of her dress. It looks like it could fit at least a ping pong ball. I don't think Glenn would have done that. He... But his best man certainly would have tried. His best man would have, for sure. Yeah. We'll get to more on Scott later. Yes. So at that wedding, we get, or at the reception, rather, we get a flashback in Jenna's brain, establishing why she is the psycho wedding crasher. Oh. <laughs> the first time we watched this, I was like, it's unclear if she was invited or not. <laughs> Or maybe, you know, it's just a mashup of Psycho and Wedding Crashers. This is really fun because I feel like this podcast is essentially a documentation of me sliding into like brain trauma or something. Like me missing completely obvious things and my brain slowly deteriorating over the course of this quarantine we're in she sits there like she belongs though she does and no one it's a small enough wedding that someone should have commented on her being there like this wasn't one of your 200 300 person crowded wedding affairs no it was like sparsely attended is how i would describe it and that would be polite there were more people at an embassy suites happy hour than at this (laughs) wedding so we get a flashback explaining why jenna is fixated on glenn and it's because one day she was at her aunt's wedding dress shop and she was carrying large boxes and she tripped down the front stairs and he caught her yes and that's it I mean, that's really it. The whole reason for her fixation is that he prevented her from a mild accident. Since this is the moment where she falls in love with him, I feel like this is also the moment for us to describe what Glenn looks like. (laughs) Because she's so fixated on this guy and 
I tried to come up with as many ways as I could to describe his soul patch. He is light haired, mm-hmm. light skinned. He's white. He's pale white. And he has that light colored soul patch, which is not a look I like typically. Sure. There's just not enough contrast between the color of the skin and the color of the hair. Would you like, what are your descriptions of how Glenn looks? I mean, just the the faintness of the soul patch is, you, you know, won't feel as strongly about this as I do, but he kind of seems like a, like a relief pitcher who <laughs> comes into the game just before, oh, like Charlie Sheen in Major League. Like, uh, okay. relief pitchers are famed often for their... Uh, absurd facial hair, especially when you go back into the 70s and 80s, and even today. Um, so I, I think it uh, either that or 16th century Dutch painter. Okay. Here are my descriptions. First, I believe in this case it's a soulless patch. <laughs> it looks like a butterscotch syrup smudge underneath <laughs> his lip. It looks like when you're streaming and you have really bad internet and the faces are just blurred. <laughs> it's like a Charlie Chaplin mustache that slid to the wrong side of the mouth. <laughs> it's like a woolly bully crawling beneath his mouth. <laughs> it looks like the fake facial hair Ed Begley Jr. wore in Arrested Development that was always gravitating to the wrong parts of his face. It looks like a female depilatory ad before. although i guess technically the wrong side of the mouth it looks naked without its accompanying pork pie hat and vest (laughs) it looks like the 51st way to leave your lover (laughs) facial hair by party city (laughs) because it really doesn't look like it grew out of his face His soul patch looks like a production error at the plant that produces made-for-TV movie romantic leads. (laughs) I I think that's enough. I was gonna... I told Matt I wanted to come up with a hundred ways to describe his soul patch. But in one word, I think we could sum it up as befuddling. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. The wedding wraps up and she goes home. And after the wedding... Jenna meets Marcy in a locker room at a country club. And uh, Jenna's just come in from uh, from playing some golf. And as they talk, uh, Jenna asks so how the wedding was. And of course, she knows very well. And Jenna, it's very clear that she doesn't get out much and is single. And so Marcy uh, takes it upon herself to invite Jenna to a quote-unquote luau at... Uh, Chelsea, her maid of honor's house, to meet single guys and kind of give Glenn and Marcy a send-off to their honeymoon. That evening, after being berated by her aunt, who really is emotionally abusive, Jenna has her first Dr. Albert Beck-esque daydream, dream, Mm -hmm. hallucination, whatever you want to call these moments that get interspersed. And... She imagines going into her Aunt Daisy's room at night with a knife. Yes. To kill her. (laughs) In case that's unclear. So then we cut to Glenn and Marcy's luau at Chelsea's house. 
I told Matt, you know, I don't like to get into party planning too much, but immediately the things missing from this luau for me were flowers, pork of some kind, pineapple, tiki torches, any element that would indicate... Not a single floral shirt or dress among the bunch. See, I, we talked about this. I don't actually mind if people don't dress up in theme. I know. You have far fewer floral prints than I do. But they're... Well, I don't know about that. I have a lot of summer dresses. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know... Just not as many Hawaiian shirts. Why? No, I have no Hawaiian shirts. But why call it a luau when there's no food or decor element and it's being held inside? Nothing about that feels... Sure. You just could have called it a cocktail party. Especially because they're serving strawberry margaritas, which I don't typically think of as luau drinks. Now, I don't have a a luau drink locked and and loaded to use, but... A Mai Tai, maybe? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I I would type luau into Google and see if anything fun came back, and I'd go from there. But, like... I certainly wouldn't go with a frozen strawberry margarita. You probably wouldn't also go with a Bud Light strawberita either. No, we've tried that and it's disgusting. Yeah. We will not be sponsored by Bud Light. <laughs> Sorry, I know Bud they Light. were knocking down our door, but <laughs> no, no. But so she's at this luau. Jenna has another daydream. In this daydream, Glenn walks over to her and says that married life isn't living up to what he imagined and he'll never hurt her and that anyone who would stand between them, she'll just have to do unpleasant things. And she (laughs) says, she'll do it. (laughs) And uh, then she gets jolted from this uh, hallucination by Scott, Glenn's best man. And uh, he, Scott's, you know, he is a, Heat-seeking missile when it comes to to women. Uh, apparently, he has been after Marcy's best friend, Chelsea, for years, since college. And so he has his uh, laser set on Jenna, and he brings her out of this by saying she needs a top-off. I'm going to mention that Scott actually looks like the actor Josh Charles' stand-in. He, there's enough of a similarity in their looks... Josh Charles is the better looking of the two. Okay. But it's kind of... I don't know Josh Charles. Yes, you do. He was in Dead Poets Society. He was one of the kids. Mm -hmm. He was one of the leads for like five years in The Good Wife. Okay. You would recognize him the minute you saw him. He's handsome. Yeah. So I'm not... This is not a slam of Mm -hmm. Scott's looks. I'm saying Josh Charles is very attractive. This guy looks like he would be a stand-in for him. Sure. You know. So then Jenna goes to Chelsea's bedroom and she steals an earring. She puts it in her bra and she puts on a pair of Chelsea's underwear underneath her dress for future plots that we don't know about yet. Right, right. So then she exits the bedroom and uh, bumps into Scott. Scott invites Jenna back to his place, which is a... Ode to masculinity or stunted, uh, stunted masculinity. Okay. Yes. I'm going to interrupt here. <laughs> I took notes last night. I thought you might. <laughs> As I want. 
I am just going to give you a list, an inventory of items in Scott's apartment, and you can decide what kind of apartment it is. There is a no parking sign on the wall. There are multiple framed signed soccer jerseys. There is a dartboard. There is a pool table. There is a mounted guitar. There is a piece of artwork that is made of a pool cue, billiards, and a rack. There are two canoe paddles mounted. Were they mounted on the wall or just hanging in a corner? I don't know. There were fishing rods just lying around. There was a bike helmet. There was a cocktail shaker mounted on the wall like a sconce. There was a muddler with accompanying strainer and jigger mounted like a separate sconce. There is a backlit Tanqueray looking, not branded, poster with a mustache on the bottle that is actually a more well-defined mustache than Glenn's soul patch. (laughs) There is a basketball. There is a baseball and bat on shelves. We are one giant trampoline away from going full big starring Tom Hanks. (laughs) It looks like a Dick's Sporting Goods clearance sale. It looks like the set designer let her nine-year-old son decide what a bachelor's apartment would look like. It is the tribal tattoo of apartments. (laughs) It is the signed box set of entourage of apartments. (laughs) And I meant that as a burn. Moving on. Okay. So we're back at this spot that Liz has described so (laughs) thoroughly and thoughtfully. He gives her bourbon, which she's never had before. She's more of a wine drinker. And he busts out his game of strip Jenga, which apparently has been his quote-unquote move since college. She then has another of her daydreams that she's put something in his drink and he dies gasping. (laughs) Back to reality, he uh, kisses her. She freaks out, leaves, hits her head on the steering wheel to bruise herself, calls Marcy frantically, And Marcy, uh, being very kind, invites her to stay over. And she comes over late at night, and Jenna ends up stealing a house key. Now, during that freak out in the car, I want to mention that uh, Heather Morris actually does a really good job at conveying a complete freak out. Yes. It looks like how you would react if a swarm of bees was trapped in your car. She's thrashing, it's hair everywhere. Slam on the steering wheel. Slam on the steering wheel with her forehead. I thought it was well done. Yeah. All right. So after this whole staying at Marcy's, stealing a key, Scott comes over to Jenna's place to confront her. Oh, I don't think we said that Jenna lives in a house that is also Aunt Daisy's house and is also Aunt Daisy's place of work. So it's all one place. I believe it's called Daisy's Wedding Corner. (laughs) So Scott comes over to Jenna's place to confront her. Jenna sticks to her story, but Aunt Daisy disapproves and she says lots of unkind things to her. She attacks her about her mother a lot. Daisy's mother is not, or sorry, excuse me. Jenna's mother is not the one who's related to Aunt Daisy. Aunt Daisy's related to Jenna's father and she has lots of critical things to say about Jenna's mother. Mm -hmm. So she goes through this whole harangue, and then Daisy is strangled by Jenna with a measuring tape, Ah, a cloth measuring tape. The tools of the trade of a dressmaker. (laughs) So then... 
Would that count as being hoisted by one's own petard? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Boy, we're uh, keeping it highbrow here. <laughs> so then fresh off of... Murder number one. Yes. <laughs> We've got a body count in this film, folks. Jenna sneaks into Glenn and Marcy's house with the stolen underwear from Chelsea's house, puts it in the bed, takes the stolen earring, puts it in a pair of Glenn's pants in the clothing hamper. She puts on Marcy's wedding dress, lays in the bed, and then just talks about going on the honeymoon in Hawaii. Imagine- no, no, no. She talks about that into the mirror. Oh. Remember, she has that full conversation with herself in the mirror, like the mirror is another person. Oh, right, right. I'm... So she has that conversation in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and envisions her. She envisions herself making love with Glenn. Yeah, she needed the foreplay of that mirror talk. To right, to, 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 to then move to the bed, uh, and then she's just rolling around in the bed, and she gets lipstick on the pillow and perfume on the sheets. Mm-hmm. So Marcy comes home and finds lipstick on the pillow and cheap scent on the sheets. Yes. And Marcy and Glenn fight and he leaves and she finds the earring in his pants pocket. She realizes it's her friend Chelsea's. So she confronts Chelsea and Chelsea says that maybe Glenn is a pant- has a panty fetish and maybe right. he's a thief. Yes. yes. <laughs> but that they are not having an affair. Right. So then Jenna breaks into Chelsea's house we see her typing a suicide note saying that she's having an affair with Glenn. Chelsea then comes back. While Jenna is typing. Right. So Jenna kills Chelsea, uh, puts her in her bed, sends a bra shot. Is it a bra shot or does she? Oh, well, it's Lifetime. They wouldn't show actual bra Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So, it's a bra shot. Yeah, so she sends a bra shot uh, to Scott. He then comes over, because Scott has always carried a flame for Chelsea, thinking that this is his lucky night with Chelsea. But instead, Jenna shoots him and puts a knife in his hand. So Uh, that it looks like a murder-suicide. Yes. So then Jenna comes home high off of two murders and sees her father's cremated ashes in an urn on Aunt Daisy's mantle. And she says he's ruining the vibe like he always does. (laughs) And so she flushes her dad's ashes down the toilet and says, ashes to ashes, flush to flush. (laughs) Which is one of my favorite lines ever. It's a good one. It really is. So then we get a policeman interviewing Glenn and Marcy and asking about Scott and if he was violent. Marcy tells about Scott's assault on Jenna. Once the cop leaves, yeah. Glenn tells Jen, or no, Marcy. Glenn, I always have so much trouble with the names. Glenn tells Marcy that he wasn't cheating and he doesn't want to go through this grieving process of their two best friends alone. And he wants to get through it together and then he'll clear up that he was not cheating. Right. And then the detective, who was told that Jenna had been assaulted by Scott, goes to Jenna's home to interview her. And Jenna says that she saw Chelsea reject Scott at the party, and it appeared that it was not for the first time. So perhaps her rejection later in the night led to his assault on her. Right. And she says that... Doesn't she say they also had a thing or something like that? I think so. She tries, yeah. She sort of implies mm-hmm. that... 
the murder-suicide thing is correct, that angle of investigation. Right. So during this time, while he's interviewing her, the cop is actually sitting on a large antique trunk that apparently Aunt Daisy's body was in. And I guess we're in some sort of fantasy world where decaying corpses don't have a distinct odor. Not at Daisy's wedding corner, it doesn't. No. Maybe it's her cheap perfume that's masking the scent of the decaying body. But so after the cop leaves, Jenna says to the body that the interview went well, or yeah, interview went well, even though Aunt Daisy is a snoop and she kicks (laughs) the box. Nice little detail there. Yes. And then we see Glenn and Marcy hugging on their doorstep with Jenna watching from across the street. Always across the street in a car. Yep. And she calls Marcy and says for her to bring her wedding dress for for preservation. That it was part of the package she purchased when she bought the dress. Right. So then Marcy goes over to Jenna's and they have tea and... Jenna slips and says something about Glenn having moved back in, but she saves it. You know, Marcy says, how did you know that? And Jenna saves it and says, you told me earlier or something like that. Then they hug and Marcy smells the perfume from the sheets and she stands up and she's trying to leave to make a subtle exit, but she faints because she's been, her tea has been spiked. Yes. Everyone has a chemistry degree in Lifetime movies. Exactly. So then we see Glenn browsing their wedding photos and sees that Jenna was there. Can we just talk for one second about the fact that the person who wrote this probably is not married because... You think? Or they're married and they don't care about accuracy in Lifetime movies because you don't get your... Even digital wedding photos, you don't get your wedding photos until weeks later right we got our wedding photos i want to say at least a month after we got married true and they were digital files he was looking at hard copies in an album Mm -hmm. you would not see those for weeks true doesn't really matter i just (laughs) have to point it out okay um so he's looking through these photos sees jenna at one of the tables and then goes to I'm just laughing because I keep thinking about the fact that I couldn't realize that she wasn't invited. (laughs) That I thought that was unclear despite the title. Anyways, (laughs) moving on. So he goes to her house. And then things really get dicey. (laughs) This movie really kicks into high gear because Jenna hits Glenn because he's trying to save Marcy. And she drives to a secluded location with Marcy in her trunk and puts her into the driver's seat to frame a quote-unquote accident. But Marcy was able to buckle her seatbelt before Jenna hits go on the accelerator. And then we go back to Glenn at Aunt Daisy's house, and he is strapped to a chair. And rather than describe to you what happens, (laughs) we're going to try to bring our acting skills to the scene. Yes. Heather Morris does a better job of this than I'm about to do. She capture captures a sort of sweet psychotic tone. Yeah. That is not in my wheelhouse. 
I don't go bone chilling, calm, psychotic in my angry or frightening moment. I go loud. It gets loud. Yeah, she kind of has a saccharine delusion about it all. Yes. And I guess that's the thing is that I'm not usually in situations where I'm telling someone straight Whatever. We're going to just... Let's just bring you the scene. But just trust that in the movie, she does a better job than I'm about to do. Here we go. Oh, good. You're finally getting up. We have a big night ahead. Where's Marcy? What did you do to her? Sadly, she's gone. The loss of her best friend and the inability to reconcile with her estranged husband led her to take her own life. Please, somebody help me! Anybody help! It's just us. Nobody can hear you way out here. Don't worry, I've taken care of everything just like we planned. I didn't plan anything with you. Of course you did. You think I could have put together all of this on my own? And then we see Jenna spinning Glenn around with chairs lined up like pews with teddy bear guests. And there are pink tulle bows decorating the ends of the pews for all of these plush guests. (laughs) I love you, okay? (laughs) I want you to be my first. I want to be your wife, and I know you want to be my husband. You're crazy! Why do men always say that? It's like men always demand so much, and then when you show them how much you love them, they call you crazy. I don't know how you would think I would agree to all this. Because you love me. You told me how much you want us to live a life together. Just wait. I'll be back in a jiff. So then Jenna re-enters, wearing a wedding dress, holding a pink bouquet, and she stands facing Glenn in front of a male dress form, presumably the officiant. Uh, (laughs) This dress form is wearing a black suit jacket with a pink pocket square. Also, I have to mention this. There's a goose in the background with a lavender bow tie around its neck. I don't know if it's the backup officiant or what. It's not a real goose. It's a, you know. Plush goose. I don't think it's plush. I think it's like. A figure. But like big. Yes, yes. Like goose size. Yes, of course. But not stuffed. It's, she's representing the full spectrum of animals from stuffed to ceramic. It's like Noah's Ark in attendance at this wedding. <laughs> Okay, back to the scene. So Glenn says, this is insane. Shh, it's starting. We do. Can you please stop this? It's okay to be nervous. Everybody gets nervous. It's just pre-wedding jitters. This isn't jitters. I don't want this. But you said that you loved me. I never said that. I love Marcy. Don't say her name. I could never love someone like you. Don't say such things. Marcy is my wife. Stop. Not you. Stop. Not sympathetic dressmaker. Jenna exits, pursued by a teddy bear. (laughs) (laughs) not really of course it's you know this is not whatever that s9 movie made by seth MacFarlane was where there was a teddy bear as lead character the teddy bear doesn't actually pursue sure oh my god (laughs) titles are really not my strength (laughs) missed the fact that wedding crasher meant the person was uninvited and couldn't remember ted for a movie about a teddy bear so the teddy bear doesn't actually follow, obviously. First of all, we don't have the CGI technology in Lifetime movies. <laughs> yes. You know, we are working with just absolutely the lowest level of green screens when necessary. But I needed to tell the joke because there were teddy bears and Matt loves Shakespeare. <laughs> I certainly do. Well done, honey. 
So then Jenna is upset by all of Glenn's reluctance to be a strapped down to the chair Cold groom. feet, if you will. <laughs> and she's about to stab Glenn when Marcy rings the doorbell, but she rings the doorbell and then sneaks around to the back of the house and sneaks in. Yes, because Marcy astutely strapped on her seatbelt and was able to escape oh, yeah, the I car forgot. wreck. I didn't even mention that she escaped the car wreck. You know, well, she got there. We, we Yeah, we see her driving down this hill, but... Oh, yes, you mean in the accident. Yes, she so she is able to walk away from the accident that was staged uh, thanks to seatbelts. Yes, wear your seatbelt. Exactly. Especially if you're on the wrong side of <laughs> lifetime psycho. Most definitely. So... Jenna comes back uh, before Marcy can untie Glenn because uh, she runs up to him and Jenna sees dirt on the floor and knows Marcy is there. And she says that she's going to stab Glenn to draw her out. And then we see Marcy just rush Jenna and gets the knife. And I just want to pause to reflect Marcy's rush of Jenna Michael Strahan would be proud the way she basically sacks her yes. and, and, and grabs the knife out of her hand. So Jenna, bravo, Fiona Vroom. Jenna is an extremely observant person for noticing the dirt, but somehow in the one or two seconds until she's rushed, does not move. Right. Like she doesn't make any attempt to get out of the way. She just kind of stands there like one of those football dummies from practice. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. I A tackling dummy. Okay, yeah. I don't really care yeah, about sports. That's what they're... <laughs> This is my form of sports. <laughs> Lifetime movies. This is the only tackle I'm even remotely interested in. Describing Scott's apartment full of soccer jerseys and other sports items is the closest you I get. I do actually like soccer, but, yes, you, you know. Um, anyways, so uh, they have this tussle. She gets the knife. Actually, not even a tussle. She just gets the knife really quickly because she yeah. really did. I mean, down for the count. She did knock her out pretty quickly. So then Jenna says... It doesn't matter. She's already had her great love story. He never loved you, Marcy cries. And then Jenna claims that he did for a while. Yeah. They struggle now. Marcy ends up kicking Jenna down the stairs because they struggle up the stairs and then breaks a vase over her head. She unties Glenn and while her back is turned... Then uh, Jenna just vanishes. She scampers away. And then the police arrive on the scene. Yes. So then we've wrapped up the movie. Now Glenn carries Marcy over the threshold for good luck. And Jenna, we see her in her new life as an assistant wedding photographer, making eyes at the groom. Right. I believe her name is Karen now. (laughs) All right. So that's the end of the movie. I mean, it was... The first half was slow-ish, slow-ish, and the second half was just packed. Pell-mell, thoroughly satisfying, I thought. Yeah, I really liked it. I would have tightened up the front half. There was some lag, but the second half made up for it. Yeah. You know, so maybe fast forward through that part or watch it at like one and a half speed or something like that. (laughs) All in all, a very watchable film. Yes, I really enjoyed it. I thought the actors did a good job. The ones who were sleazy were supposed to be sleazy. I think the only person I would have cut um, really would have been the soul patch. (laughs) Right, right. It was uncredited to begin with, (laughs) you know, so why not just get rid of it? I mean, 
I have asked Matt, I don't know if he's actually going to tell me this in the trivia, but I told him as we were watching the movie, I need to know if that's actually a real mustache because, or a soul patch, because it, the soul patch truly looked like a press on that you would get from, I mean, just the worst costume store. Yeah. Not a nice one. One that would sell wax lips. (laughs) Sure. So with that in mind, let's move into the trivia, whether or not we solve the mystery of Glenn's soul patch. Right, right. So uh, we've got a bunch. This is a small cast, but fruitful. Okay. Um, So Heather Morris, not going to go on too much about her. Uh, She's famed for her dancing. Mm -hmm. uh, As you probably know, she was a backup dancer for B. Spears. It, uh, actually, Beyonce. No way. Are yeah. we sure it wasn't Britney Spears too? You know, you couldn't s- find scouring her. her Wikipedia, I did not see anything about okay. it. She may have also uh, uh, danced for Britney because they probably wouldn't have mentioned everyone that she was a dancer sure. for. But she- I, and, and to be fair, if I had been a backup dancer for both of those women... With all due respect to Britney, whose albums, many of which I own, who I have seen in concert, I think more than once. And as an avid supporter of the Free Britney yes, movement, yes. Um, I still would mention Beyonce. I mean, she, Beyonce, Britney Spears is a true entertainer, don't get me wrong. But Beyonce, from what little I've seen, like, because I haven't, her tickets are hard to get. Britney Spears tickets are a little easier to get. I haven't been to a Beyonce concert, but obviously, like everyone else, I've watched that Netflix movie. And I would, if I had been in one of her shows, I would be mentioning that too, because she puts on a show. Yeah. So that was actually her first big break. Okay. When she was on the Beyonce Experience 2007 World Tour. Can you imagine if that was your big break? Everything's downhill. She from was there. 21. She had just been on season two of So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. And she actually missed the. Top 20, just barely okay. uh, on that in 2006. I, mean, I, I think I'd be fine with missing the top 20 if like my next career move was being yeah, in a Beyonce yeah. tour. Exactly. Uh, also, another fun thing about her is her husband. They went to the same high school, but they didn't date in high school. Okay. And when she moved to Los Angeles to pursue acting and dancing, he contacted, contacted her on MySpace, which okay. is kind of fun. Um, so that's... What I've got on Heather Morris. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Next is Aunt Daisy, Joan Van Ark. Okay. Absolute heavyweight okay. Joan Van Ark is. So okay. she was in Broadway for many years. She also was on two iconic shows of the 80s playing the same character. She was okay. Valerie Ewing on Dallas. Oh, okay. And then Dallas's follow-up, Knott's Landing. She was on 13 seasons. Okay. She won awards... I bet. Um, very acclaimed. A couple of other things that I liked about Joan Van Ark was she married her high school sweetheart. Okay. Lots of high school stuff happening. And on their honeymoon, he took her places made famous by Joan of Arc. Oh, cute. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was nice. You could tell when she entered the screen that she's an acting, that she is a serious actor. And I don't know if, I don't mean necessarily like that she's classically trained. You could just, she had a presence about her on stage that, yeah, you could, I mean, I could tell that she was someone. She has serious chops. I mean, I never saw Dallas, but obviously it was a hugely important show. But there were no like, 
there was no stiffness. There were no jitters. Yeah. This, <laughs> there were no pre-wedding jitters <laughs> for her. Stuffed um, animal wedding? There was, yeah, she wouldn't be at a stuffed animal wedding. Anyways. So that's Joan Van Ark. Next, we're going to move on to Glenn Jason Cermak. He got into acting because he met Matt Damon on location for one of his movies in 2000 in Prague, where he was living. Uh, okay. Would you like to guess what movie that was? The Bourne Identity. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, that's what it was. I've never seen you it. met him on the set of The Bourne Identity. I just guessed. Um, and he was actually a university instructor. He's Canadian. Mm. Uh, and he was a an IT consultant at Deloitte before he focused on acting. So okay. another acting note of his that really just cracked me up was he apparently was the voice for a couple of episodes of a character named Leoriel on Hatchimal's Pixies. <laughs> and just, I don't know anything about Hatchimal's. I think you I think you know something about them based on the title. Yes. And I'm saying this is the person who didn't get that she was a wedding crasher based on the title Psycho Wedding Crasher. But when I looked up the series Hatchimals Pixies, it talked about these Hatchimals exploring Hatchtopia, solving mysteries, making new friends, and having a Hatchtastic time. Whew. So couldn't couldn't leave that out. Yeah, um, I mean you know I have a real problem with bad portmanteau. Yeah. I guess since we're talking to Americans, I'll say portmanteaus. Um, You know, Hatchtopia. Yes. um, I mean, I think we, I think children deserve better. Yeah. Are there any parents among our audience, hopefully, who are familiar with the Hatchimals? Contact us. We'd like to know more. We'd like to know if your kids heard that word and then said, that's stupid, and laughed for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, oh, and um, Jason Cermak is from Alberta. He, he has an award for being, it's like the Alberta Actor Awards. Sure. Um, so. Oh, that old thing. Yeah. So, uh, acclaimed. Okay. Um, couldn't determine. <laughs> it didn't in a very specific way. Specific geographic way. Okay. And couldn't determine. I don't think that Soul Patch makes appearance in other roles, but I didn't do a thorough deep dive. On, okay. On, on, I'm gonna to our to our audience. I'm going to try to find an Instagram or something of that nature and see if I can determine if that was a real Soul Patch. patch to determine if that was a real soul patch or not, because I don't think you guys should have to live in the unending mystery I've lived in. Yes. And I hope I can end it for myself because I it, hope so too. It's just, it, it was one of those things that, um, confused and confounded would be like a gentle way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So moving on to the next actor. Uh, so then the last one we're going to go with is, Fiona Vroom, who plays Marcy. Who has a great name. Fiona Vroom yes. is a great name. Yes. Fiona Vroom was actually once a cruise ship entertainer, <laughs> dancer, singer, apparently danced and sung her ways through 21 countries. Okay. In this capacity. It seems like this movie between her and Heather Morris could have really done quite dance the dance number. number. Yeah. I mean, at that wedding. I maybe? hate to leave talents on the table. Yeah. 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 I, I will say, though, I don't remember her dancing from the wedding, which probably indicates that she's a relatively good dancer. I will say uh, that we saw a lot of 
finger pointing toward the sky dancing from Glenn, Uh which is a specific style of awkward dance. I'm a bad dancer. Everyone who knows me knows I'm a bad dancer and and just like flat out refuse to do it. But as someone who has to be and truly has to be dragged onto the dance floor. Yes. Yes, she does. And while there will stand just absolutely stock still like the dress form officiant, (laughs) like an inanimate object. Even I know not to do finger pointing sure. toward the ceiling. It looks like a clip art. Boo, you know boo. what I mean? <laughs> okay. So anyways. So other things. Fiona Room actually has a history of a lot of credits working with some pretty famous actors. Okay. Uh, currently, actually, she is part of a series on TNT called Snowpiercer. Hmm. Oh, based on the movie, I'm assuming. Yes, and okay. in the, she, uh, I, I guess the, among the stars of that show are Jennifer Connelly and David Diggs. Wow. So, okay. Um, so go Fiona Vroom. Okay. You know what's funny also is that if memory serves, Snowpiercer is about a train. Yes. That has to be in high speed constantly, and her last name is Vroom. Oh, that's right. Good, <laughs> good, 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 good call, honey. And I guess to wrap up the trivia segment. Okay. Fiona Broom and Jason Cermak, uh, she's also Canadian. So okay. they've actually been in several films together. Among them are Moonlight in Vermont, sure, sure. which has all the makings of a, a Hallmark. We're That's not going to get into that. And this is probably another lifetime, Death of a Vegas Showgirl. Maybe. Yeah. We could, let's look that up. Yeah. It sounds older to me, though. Sure. They would have gone with a more salacious title i would think mm. i think no. it's from about 2016 really 2015 okay yeah. I, then it's badly titled because yeah. death of a vegas showgirl is kind of boring for the subject yes yes it is although you know what you're in for so that's our trivia pretty pretty solid group of actors here okay i don't have any comments i'm about <laughs> to i'm you know <laughs> i'm gonna read our closing remarks so that i can get on instagram and figure out What's going on with that soul patch? (laughs) (laughs) All right. You ready to wrap up? Sure. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at husbandandwifetime. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Bye.